Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. Look well. Look. Very well. Look well. Hello, America, and all of our ships at sea. This is Cancel Too Soon, the podcast which, as you have just heard, reviews television series that last one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online, for Blumhouse.com, uh, and, of course, the B-Movies podcast, From Whence We Hail. <laughs> from whence we, I love the phrase, From Whence We Hail. Yes. And, and, got and t-shirts you are? that say, The B-Movies podcast, From Whence We Hail. It's a good um, my name is Whitney Seibold. I am also the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. I contribute to Blumhouse and to Legion of Leia. I am a projectionist at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood, California. And uh, this is our this is our love child. This and is the show we do just because we really want to do it, mm. and uh, we've had because a, we want to unearth television history. Yes, and there's a lot of everyone has like a favorite television series of theirs that lasted one season or less. You know, you got really invested in Nowhere Man or whatever, and <laughs> it didn't go anywhere, and you always wanted more of it, and you don't have a lot of people to talk to about it after you, a while. You're saying Nowhere Man went. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yes, I am. Actually, we're gonna get to Nowhere Man eventually. I love Nowhere Man. <laughs> I love Nowhere uh, Man too. I watched that back <laughs> in the day. But uh, but uh, so this is a show where we can all come together and talk about our favorite uh, TV series that didn't last very long or that never got off the ground, um, or discover ones that you never mm. knew existed, so you can be on the lookout for them and find out if they're kind of neat. Uh, and the, the ep- and, and this week's is a doozy. This week is actually one of the most legendary failed pilots. Of all time. It only lasted one episode, got completely swept under the rug. It did air on television on NBC in July of 1991, almost 25 years ago, Mm. uh, where it ended up 92 in the Nielsen rankings out of 92 shows. Right? Clear at the bottom. Nobody saw this thing, uh, uh, and no one knew what to do with it either. In an interview, Conan O'Brien said that they were beat out by a test pattern in Nova Scotia, (laughs) which is an old, like, laugh-in line, but yeah, 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 it was just completely unpopular. This is a sitcom that was created by Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel. Uh, You know Conan O'Brien as the talk show host. Uh, He also wrote for Saturday Night Live and The Simpsons back in the day. Uh, And Robert Smigel, of course, works the Conan O'Brien show, but also was Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Mm. They had an idea for a sitcom that would star Adam West from the old Batman 1960s TV series Mm. as a deluded former TV star who thinks he's who who keeps thinking he's an actual detective because he he used to play a detective in the 70s he's an actor named Ty uh, Adam West plays Ty Lookwell and the show is of course called Lookwell and the show is called Lookwell and within the the series he uh, was the the head of a or the star of a show called Bannigan, mm. which lasted three seasons back in the 1970s. Wait, Bannigan was that with George Pappard? No, you're thinking of Branigan. No, that was Banachek. Oh, oh, that was Banachek. There's a recurring gag where people yeah. recognize him from the wrong yeah. show, and it's like, oh, I remember you. You were Banachek. No, I was Banigan. That was George yeah, so Picard. Th- no, there were. Cop what about Branigan? Like- oh, yeah, that was Hugh O'Brien. That show didn't even exist. They even make up one. It's like, oh, weren't you Benigan? No, that was George Kennedy. George Kennedy never played a character named Benigan. No, nope. far not a no. A I looked cop it up. Show or, yeah. I looked it up. Not a thing. But here's the thing: you couldn't think Ban- Banigan comes out of this 
this school of like cop shows from that era mm-hmm. where they're all they all feel a little bit interchangeable yeah. after your a while. Kojaks, your yeah. Mannixes, your, your, your yeah. Rockford Files, your yeah. your Eyeshides. You know, the, mm-hmm. can we do Eyeshide? I think Eyeshide was a mini series. I don't think that counts. I uh, will have uh, to look that up. Yeah, I, I shied with Joe Don Baker as the cop. God, E I S C H I shied, but uh, okay. yeah, he he plays a, a character actor who was really really famous when he was on Bannigan, and now is teaching acting courses, and in that inimitable Adam West sort of way, is disconnected from reality. Yes, he thinks he is the greatest actor of all time, and that Bannigan was the most important TV show of all time. And we see him in an early scene in the pilot going to an audition for a much younger role, and he's wearing this big greaser hairdo. It's for Happy Days, the next generation, and he insists that everyone call him Buzz McCool. (laughs) So he's he's very committed to his craft, Yeah, and that's actually kind of the most admirable thing about him. He actually really, really believes in acting as as a profession and as a lifestyle. And even though he has a a dramatically inflated opinion about himself, he's trying to help out young actors. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to solve crimes, as we discovered. Yeah. So, as it turns out, when he was on the show, he was issued sort of an honorary badge by a police chief, and that sort of went to his head. It made him think that he's an actual cop. And as such, when he runs aground on a crime, now in 1991, he believes that he has the know-how to help solve the case. Yes. And what's actually... It, and based, it's, based on the scripts from the old Bannigan TV series. Well, and, it's, and it, there's even, like, motifs that you see now. Mm. Um, there's a repeatedly he'll be having a conversation with his students and they'll say some line from King Lear mm. and then he'll remember like what he'll think of one word from it like transport wait the cars are being transported over the border yeah, um, yeah like even though there's no evidence for that whatsoever but, so there, there's a streak of insanity to him as but well. we've seen that ever I called it the house moment they had that in house MD all the time where they'd be <laughs> like oh there's this woman somehow has uh, like liver failure in her knees. How is that even possible? And then House will be it's having. Like, Wait some a minute! Co- did she own a cat? You know. Yeah, yeah. There'll be just some moment where House looks at a cat and like, of course the cat. Yeah. The cat did it. It's toxoplasmosis. <laughs> like, and there's that. They make fun of that moment. Yeah. And in some respects, the show is actually very aware of all of those uh, 1970s, you know, conceits. But what's mm. weird about it is that this is the show that if you were to do the show today, this would be an hour long show in the sort of psych or or the mentalist kind Mm. of thing and now but it was being done as a sitcom and like the tropes don't blend very well the the thing is because in 1991 it's being played uh, as sort of a slapstick farce it's closer this show is much closer to police squad than it is to psych Um, and even then not really it feels more like a Saturday Night Live sketch that got kind of too big towards bridges I I suppose that's that's accurate but uh yeah, he. Be, the problem is, you know, the newer shows with those people are actually capable. They're kind of yeah. they're broad and buffoonish, but they can actually get the job done. Right. Whereas uh, Lookwell is broad and buffoonish, and he cannot get the job done. He's completely incapable, and he's kind of out of his mind. And he only helps solve the case by pure accident. Completely by accident. And yeah. he keeps trying. Trying the joke. The running gag of the show is that he keeps trying to infiltrate various venues. Like he tries yeah. to using acting. In, using <laughs> acting. Superpower. Yeah, so acting is his superpower. That's yeah. and the problem is he's such a bad actor and he doesn't realize he's a, such a bad actor yeah he's committed but he is a bad actor and that's the joke of the show yeah uh, so he tries to infiltrate like an underground great racing ring but all oh, he yeah. knows about As racing dash carlisle dash world-renowned Carl- auto racer and he's got like a, a long leather coat and like racing goggles he looks like a racer out of like the 1930s 
Yeah. And he has, I, I, did, did you let him know that I'm Dash Carlisle? And like, there's uh, no such person. Like, no one's convinced. Mm. There's another bit where he goes undercover as a homeless person at a at a fundraising gala. <laughs> but his, his, he goes as, like, this cartoon Little Rascals era hobo. He's got, like, a stick with a, with a bag on yeah. it. <laughs> like, and, and, like, and the, I love my, I think the funniest joke in the whole thing for me was seeing the sign in the background of this fundraiser, which uh. is, the homeless, they're everybody's problem. <laughs> but, like, he walks around this thing and he just very cheerfully is like, good evening, uh, I live on the streets. The sidewalk is my pillow. <laughs> good evening, I have it a home. Uh. Good evening, nice to be indoors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all of it's very, very funny in premise, but I think, again, I feel like this, the, the episode is directed uh-huh. so straight it feels like it was directed like they were waiting for a laugh track and they didn't get one. So there's a lot of weird, awkward pauses. Hmm. And it was directed by a gentleman with one of the best names ever. Uh, his <laughs> please, name. Please say it out loud. Okay. His his he's credited as E W Swackhammer Junior. Hmm. His actual name. What, what is E G short for? Uh-huh. Egbert Wanderink Swackhammer Junior. And my first when I first saw that name, <laughs> I thought that's a Groucho Marx name. Is right? what that is. My, I thought it was like a made up name. We're going to find out that like Conan. Brian directed under a pseudonym. Yeah. Real guy directed mm. episodes of Law and Order and the Cosby Mysteries and a show that we're going to have to find. The Cosby Mysteries? No, I don't think that lasts. I think it lasted more than one season. Right. I could be wrong. We have to check that out. Look. The Wizard. Oh, The Wizard. From the, 19, from the 1980s? Starring the, the never the, watched it, but yeah, the I, leader I of the time it. bandits plays an, ingi- uh, uh, an ingenious little person toy maker who solves mysteries. <laughs> yes. Oh god. <laughs> Cancel oh. too soon. Speaking of which, we'll also have to get to Law and Order trial by jury at some point. Oh, and CSI Cyber. <laughs> that <laughs> just got canceled. We're very excited about CSI Cyber. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, so here, here's the question I was wondering throughout. Hmm. I mean, this is clearly paying homage to, uh, first of all, it, it pays homage to actors, but it kind of mocks them. But I think in a loving sort of way. Oh, yeah. Because even though he's a really bad actor... You can tell that this show has a very great respect for actors. And in fact, the sort of climax of the episode is when uh, Lookwell goes to his mentor, who is William Shakespeare. He goes to like the statue of William Shakespeare to talk about his problems. Yes, and and he kind of bares his soul to Shakespeare. And it's actually kind of this this interesting moment where this actor who is struggling, he's not very good, still knows what great acting is and still has sort of this idol. And he recognizes that he is involved with something that is a great art. Yeah. And uh, I, I like that the, the, the show doesn't make fun of actors. No, it can make fun of the situations actors mm-hmm. are in. Like, uh, and it, and it can make is... fun of the what sort of the lengths to which actors will go to play a role and how like me- method and certain ex- right. extremes of well, acting can be kind of absurd. But overall, it's actually very respectful. Well, look, look well, obviously respects the craft of mm-hmm. acting. He just has a, an inflated sense of his own celebrity. What's interesting is that when you look at his, uh, his class, who mm-hmm. end up becoming sort of his various... Uh, Watsons. He has a whole bunch of different sidekicks. Mm. One of them was played by future Academy Award nominee Todd Field. Yes. Who directed In the Bedroom <laughs> and is, Little Children. Weird. In, in, in the Bedroom, which is great. Yeah. Really good, really good director, actually. He was also a co-star in Eyes Wide Shut. He's a great actor, too. Um, and so he's got this whole group of people, and they sort of they sort of moon over him. You know they're very they're very they're very mm. taken with him. They obviously like him a lot. He makes them feel good about themselves. They they admire him. They look up to him, even though 
He's not really teaching them much if you think well, about he, it. He, he, he does teach them. The problem is his only frame of reference is his own TV show. Yeah, so he'll use an episode of Bannigan to help him through a scene in King Lear. Right. It's like, because uh, for him, Bannigan is like the key to unlock all drama. He has gone yeah. through the gamut of human experience because of, of Bannigan. Um, what I don't understand is whether or not Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel like or dislike cop shows hmm clearly they're kind of parodying their sameness you know there's that whole wave of cop shows from the 70s and how a lot of those people are only known for their one role so they're kind of making fun of celebrity in that way yeah but if they love those cop shows then it's not reading yeah and i'm guessing that they really kind of hate those cop shows yeah um i don't know they're really kind of mocking the way that we used to treat cop shows as these really sort of serious things, whereas by the time we get to 1991, we can't take them seriously anymore. They're just ridiculous. I feel like Look Well is... One of the phrases that film critics or TV critics or any critic really likes to trot out is ahead of their time. Uh-huh. You know, this movie is ahead of its time. Look Well is actually literally ahead of its time. It is a sense of humor. It is a concept uh-huh. that would be completely embraced today, even with the same cast, even with Adam West. Yeah, if you, you know, did this as sure. a if you did this as a fifteen minute live action series on Adult Swim today, it would be a big hit. I bet you anything it'd be a big, big hit because we have refined the sense of humor. People are used to this sort of weird kind of esoteric, unusual parody of and, material they already like. You know, this is this is very well, much in the vein of Archer or Frisky Dingo. Exactly, as well. exactly. Yeah. Where where the, the, the approach of pretty much every adult swim show is let's take some sort of pop culture figure that you're kind of familiar with. Super villain, metal, mm-hmm. metal band, public spy, access, television public access, even, you know, whatever like, it is, yeah. and populate it with uh, somebody who has disappeared up their own ass. Basically. Somebody who, who only has ego and ego first. Moonbeam City is another one of those things. Sure. We're going to find this really wacky premise, but the main character is going to be this complete egotist. Yeah. And uh, that's what Lookwell is. Uh, and he's just oblivious to his to the way people see him, and he doesn't care, or he doesn't care. Yeah, no, I think I think and he's oblivious also, because there's like this scene where he comes home, mm. um, and he, he he starts sucking on a firm pop, quote the frozen treat that tightens your skin. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he listens to his answering machine. And his answering machine is full of messages for his nephew, who we don't meet in the episode, mm. named Matt Conway. And it's all people like Spielberg wants to talk to you, Matt, about this new role. Francis Co- Coppola calls him. Like, yeah, oh, just Francis Coppola. Give me a call back. What's re- actually the funniest thing about the Francis Coppola thing is that he's clearly eating. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's Francis Coppola. No, give me a call and. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why that made me laugh. That's like actually like a really funny joke. But like he's completely, and his only response is, "Well, no phone calls for me. I can just relax and watch television." Uh-huh. I'm like, he's not. He should be jealous of his nephew's fame. That would make sense. That would make dramatic sense. That would be like a subplot. Uh-huh. He's completely oblivious, and oblivious is a hard thing to make work over time. Yeah, I can see why people eventually were concerned. Kind of have to get a clue. I can, I can see why people were concerned that this would that this would have trouble lasting because mm. it's a hard. This is a gag that would work great again. Fifteen minute shorts or even like a series of Saturday Night Live skits where you do like three minute skits every other mm. week. Probably really really great, or maybe even one movie. Yeah, yeah but like, pilot. This is a tough sell. This is a tough gag to keep going, especially back in the nineteen nineties when there's yeah, nothing like this and uh, there was no template. 
Well, since it is a sitcom, that, that means they can sort of just keep on going back to the same well, and it's okay to keep the, the character kind of clueless in the long term. Well, you I'm say wondering... that, but how often did that really work literally in that fashion? I mean, there was always a supporting mm. cast full of characters who had more to do mm. in a situation like that. Yeah. You know, like when you think about all those characters who were just sort of, even if they weren't deluded or oblivious, even if a character who was just sort of stuck, someone who was always a certain way and everyone had to deal with them. Like, look, the, look at the Fonz. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, look at Happy Days. You know, Henry Winkler was this really cool, very quaffed guy in a jacket and everything, a leather jacket and a motorcycle, and everyone fucking loved him. And that was his whole thing was to be cool. But then you had fucking Ron Howard who actually went through real shit around him. Right. There was actually something grounded. There's nothing grounded in Lookwell. The closest thing we have is this Detective Kennery who was originally um, mm. the technical advisor on Bannigan who now just sort of has to deal with Lookwell whenever he comes into the police station and tries to just be polite. It's oh. like, it's not worth it. It's not worth telling oh, me wrong. And his, his bosses, the cop's bosses, yeah. realize that his dealing with Lookwell is a complete waste of time. Yes. And, um, and he, doesn't have, he either doesn't have the heart or the capability to just tell Lookwell to, to F off. Yeah, and then there's Todd Field, who's like the one person in his class who... I don't even know why he's there. Like, it's clear he doesn't, he sees through Bannigan's bullshit. Uh There's no reason why he's in that class. He's constantly (laughs) abused. They end up getting arrested after the whole auto racing debacle. Mm. And then it cuts to, like, basically two giant burly guys, like, throwing Todd Field across the room as some sort of trust exercise. (laughs) And you can tell that Todd Field hates his life. Like, he hates himself right now. That's that's a sitcom conceit, though. Like, the the put-upon character who's just always getting abused. But there's there's no justification for why he's there. He seems... The put-upon character is often someone who is maybe a little spineless or at the very least is more of a follower. I think Mm. of... um um, there was uh, in Home Improvement, Tim Allen had his sidekick on the show, there you who go. was just so good natured that you could walk all over him a little bit, and he'd be like, a, it'd be kind he'd of funny. He'd bounce back. Yeah. He'd bounce back, and it's great. Todd Field is just the smartest person in the room. Mm. I don't know why he thinks he well, needs to be here. C- consider this: that if he's the the intellect and the reason in a universe that has now fallen away from that, there's no reason any longer in in Lookwell's universe. He's mad. Yeah, no, he's more or less mad. And in when in a universe where we're all mad. And people are entertaining this weirdo. Uh, you know, the, the one who says, wait a minute, the emperor has no clothes is going to be punished. And I think right. that's that's a fine comic conceit. That's fine. But like the emperor, the person who said the emperor has no clothes lived in that kingdom. He, the, he, this guy actually has to choose to go to the class. Uh, I, he, has, uh, he, uh, he chooses well, to help with the race car fiasco. He's still part of the show. So it's fine. I don't know. He's it's still a little, sort of sometimes in the concept it. isn't as well uh, conceived yeah. as, as you might have thought. I'm trying to look over my notes. Um. Well, so, yeah, the the show has, (laughs) the the show has over the years, um, look, well, look, well, not Bannigan, not Bannigan, look, well, has developed a a really intense cult following. And, uh, it was so, it was one of those shows that was so unpopular that discovering it felt like something special. And this was in, mm. in the early 90s, you know, before the internet, you, where you could just sort of go on YouTube and yeah. watch it. This was bootlegged. It was, it was it bootlegged. Was it was passed around. It was talked about in these really mythic terms, and it became very embellished. There was a thing um, on some, like, basic cable stations where sometimes they would buy the rights to failed pilots, and they would show them as sort of a novelty. Yeah. You know, almost like a mini movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a couple of failed pilots this way. Like, I remember... Um, 
Oh, wait, I can't remember what it was called anymore. Bunch of failed sitcoms. Yeah. And this was one, and in fact, one of the most heavily boot, like the easiest way to find it, even has like the station identification in the lower right hand corner. Uh-huh. Um, so, but this it's, one. It's, and it's never been released on DVD, but yeah, it's now pretty readily available. It, on, like, everyone YouTube knows about it. Stuff, no one yeah. even cares. Um, <laughs> and it's something that Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel get interviewed about a lot. And uh, they're, to their credit, they're actually kind of pretty zen about it. Adam West has called this show like the best pilot he ever did. Like he loved yeah. this show, and it's well, clear he—it's he, clear he loves it. Well, and and here's the thing: Adam West, you know, we, we see him as sort of a joke just because he's so heavily associated with Batman, which is why the casting of Adam West was actually really smart mm-hmm. because there's only two actors you could have put in here. It's either Adam West or Shatner. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the actors who are kind of over the top, not really taken seriously as performers, no matter how talented they may be, and. Uh, now have to sort of deal with this universe that only see them as kind of a joke. Yeah. And uh, Lookwell is that type of person. He's a, so strongly associated with a role that the rest of his world has vanished. Right. And that's something that obviously we associate and with Adam West. And that's something Adam West has yeah. probably had to go through. So he's yeah. probably really attached to the notion of Lookwell. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I managed to uncover some quotes uh, from interviews, mostly with the AV club. Yeah. Uh, so uh, of people involved, I don't have audio clips or anything like that, so mm. we can't play them, but I'll read them out to you. Uh, Adam West sort of explained what happened to the show and this is an interview with the av club he said what happened at that time was it was brandon tartikoff's favorite who was head of nbc but then he left and the new regime came in and as they do many times they said oh we want our own stuff yeah um so nothing and, and skipping over a bit so nothing ever happened and i think the ownership became a little murky or something uh but i know that people love that pilot to me it was like batman it was just so absurd i enjoyed it while it lasted and this is a sim- something that i think a lot of people don't understand or don't necessarily know about the industry when a new regime change comes in at a, at a network oh. or a studio and this this is true at music or just any any sort of big yeah. enterprise everything yeah. that was already in the works that mm-hmm. you can't like cancel from from being going into production like is already being made already in the can if you're in charge of that studio now, you don't do you you put those on the shelf. You do not want those to come out because yeah. there's only two things that happen. One, they suck and you get blamed for putting them out. Two, they're awesome and you get none of the credit. Yeah. So these things tend to get swept under the rug. It's happened a lot. It's happened with very good movies. Then it happened without a sight, even like it just sort of like slipped yeah, out yeah. under that sort of circumstance. Um so it, that's basically what happened with Look Well, but I also think it's kind of a hard sell. Uh Robert Smigel in another A V Club interview. Mm. Um, actually said I don't know how good it is it probably helps that Conan's name is on it and now my name has this inflated reputation it's a funny show we loved Adam West Conan can go on for hours in the Adam West voice and come up with great things to say I'm going to skip back a bit Mm. Um, he talks about how funny Adam West was in the Batman movie Um, I'll never understand why the Zucker brothers didn't use him unless the Zucker brothers auditioned him and he overacted. I've seen him do that in other failed pilots. You always wonder, is he a genius when you see his performance or is it just his voice and somebody manipulated him like a marionette and edited around his bad takes? I don't know. I can't figure it out. Even after having worked with him, when you meet him, he's this very odd combination of literate Renaissance man and oafish uncle who says embarrassing things you wish you girl- your girlfriend hadn't heard. <laughs> Which is very much yeah, look well. <laughs> very much look well. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think Adam West is a very talented actor? I think Adam West is a very talented actor with a limited range. Okay. I think there's a lot of actors who mm-hmm. are very, very talented, but they're not, they are not necessarily, they can't do everything. Right. You know, some actors can do literally like Robert, Robert De Niro in his prime anyway. He could do drama, comedy, action, mm. thrill, anything. Anything was, was part of his instrument. Marlon Brando could do anything. Mm. Adam West... 
is really, really good at playing a, sort of a variations on the same persona. And that persona kind of became Adam West to the point now where he'll be on Family Guy as Adam, as West. Adam West. And we just sort of accept it as the well, persona. And he, bless him, he's, 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 his, his persona, he's, a good, he's a good sport about it. His, his persona now is the completely earnest, kind of well-spoken, just mm. doddering old fool, essentially. Yeah. Um, but basically what Leslie Nielsen's career turned into for the last like 20 years. Yeah, but Leslie Nielsen, if you'll recall, used to play heavies. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch a movie called Day of the Animals, where he like beats <laughs> women in the face, or Nuts, where he rapes uh, Barbara Jesus. Streisand. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. If you ever wanted to watch Leslie Nielsen raping Barbara Streisand, I, holy crap, man. No. But, uh, I don't. But the, my, my point is these actors that we as audiences tend to think of in a very specific way tend to have a greater range. You look Sometimes. at you look at Shat- I mean Shatner's also become sort of this this jokey figure, but you know he started in classical theater. He's classically trained. He probably has a lot more range than he's been given a chance to display. Yeah, and it's kind of a pity that Adam West is only doing these things because I can see him doing something kind of very earnest. Yeah, as kind of a very stern father figure, perhaps. But we've also seen actors mm. who basically get known get stuck in an archetype mm-hmm. and then flounder and just become miserable. And I think the proto example of this is George Reeves from the old Superman shows oh, in the 1950s sure. yeah, yeah. who became so associated with Superman he couldn't get other work and then ended up as, and, and it's life ended very well, tragically. And, and that's what's been happening to Adam West. Now he's, well, he's maybe had, not life ending tragically I hope but yeah. But Adam West and, and Shatner as well have learned to sort of roll with it. Exactly. And uh, George Reeves was, was pushing up against it and that really yeah. brought him a lot of misery. Yeah. Um, so I think Adam West actually is a pretty good actor and I, I wish I could have seen him do more yeah and look well we we see he plays the part so straight and he's so serious especially when he's talking about acting that you actually see some something lurking in there yeah a little bit more dramatic potential now this was going to be a broad sitcom we're not going to start unlocking the secrets of look well as this series went on no i'm guessing as if the series had gone on it would have just been more of the same uh conan o'brien talked about this Uh uh in an interview with antenna free tv um, he said, uh, look well, just wasn't supposed to be a show. I'm not sure it could have been a show, but it was a great kooky, crazy pile that I think was ahead of its time, but it just wasn't meant to happen. The sensibility was very strange. The star was, well, you know, Adam West. I love his rhythm, but I mean, when you get down to it, it wasn't friends, you know, you look <laughs> at friends and you go, look at this, look at all these sexy, great people. Look well is a very different thing. And I can understand why it didn't go. I think it frightened people. I'm pretty sure it got horrible testing. I think people looked at it and thought the lead character is borderline insane, which mm. really wasn't anything you saw on TV at the time. Or what you see all, all the time. Now. Yeah, nowadays you can get away mm. with it. But at the time, that was really mm. that was really ahead of its time. Um, now, we, ha- we haven't brought up the grinder yet. Because uh, I haven't seen the grinder. I haven't seen the grinder, but, but apparently the, it's the same thing. It's the same thing because <laughs> it's just with law. Yeah, uh, where Rob Lowe plays an actor who used to play a lawyer on a TV show yeah. is ousted. He goes back to his hometown where he starts helping out lawyers based on what he remembers from the show. And that series also only lasted one season, so we'll probably get to it eventually. Probably get to yeah. <laughs> that one was recently canceled as well, so maybe there's something about this premise that's just not going to work out. I, I I don't know. Well, at least it lasted more than one episode, mm-hmm. so good for them. So if Lookwell had lasted. Uh-huh. 100 episodes. Hmm. Hard to imagine, but I, where would it yeah, where gosh. would it where would it go? What, what are your pitches? I got three pitches here for where I think the show might have gone. The problem is what we saw, I think that's as far as the show could have gone. Mm. So I'm having a lot of trouble trying to think of like new places they could have gone with this because 
we have the premise. It's fully formed already. Yeah. That's the thing. It's why it's a great sketch or a great movie. They they can kind of refine, perhaps. They can bring in other characters. I would love to see the the relationship he has with the nephew. And uh, it would be great if we were never to have seen the nephew. I wonder, yeah. constantly talked about. And there's sort of this wacky butler who's constantly reporting on how well he's doing. Mm -hmm. And the only justification Lickwell can have, we don't want to see him jealous Mm -hmm. of another actor. Because because it is, we don't, I don't ever want to see Lookwell toppled from his ego perch. Well, here's the thing. He's too well insulated by his own kind of insanity. So when he keeps on hearing about his, well, like successes, he kind of comes up with these weird excuses as to why his nephew is out of the house. Can I throw something out here? Sure. Lookwell is Don Quixote. Absolutely, he is. Look, look well as a guy whose who's goodness. Because mm. what's he do? He helps other actors and he tries to solve crimes. He's clearly had a good heart. Mm. He, that's he, that's he, the comic yeah. archetype that yeah. all of these and, are based on. And I on guess there. Todd Fields is his Sancho Panza. <laughs> um, are, are, because I watched Don Coyote as a kid, his Sancho Panda. <laughs> I always liked Sancho Panda. I don't know why. Uh, so, like, I get it. And so I think the, the drama is, like, if his, if his facade is ever broken, if he is does ever become jealous or oh. sad... I think people would need to have pity on him and just continue the delusion. People yeah. would need to help him. The, well, there would, like, ha- you know, there would like, have to be like one episode where he actually has this sort of crisis of ego, where he thinks he's well, not a good actor, and uh, his his acting students would have to rally around him right. to get him back well, to his state of illusion. I had an idea for an episode in which mm. Matt Conway, his nephew, actually gets the lead role in a Bannigan movie. <laughs> because this was like 1991. This is right before or right around the time that the nostalgia movie remake boom was starting to kick off with like the Brady Bunch movie and the Adams Family and Car 54, Where Are You? Uh, and uh, Beverly it, Hillbillies. It, it like was, it was starting to become uh, a thing. The, you know? These things were coming out with Ray. Bannigan could have been they one were, of those they were kind shows. Of, they, they were kind of tongue in cheek at the time. And now it's, well, that's just every movie now. But Yeah. yeah. I think it would also be interesting to sort of see Ban- uh, Bannigan look well challenged. Um, and actually have him decide between, like, what if he can either help solve a crime that no one needs his help solving, uh-huh. or he can go to the audition of his of his career, <laughs> and he chooses the crime. And there's yeah, a certain yeah. bittersweet thing to that. But he he knows what it matters to him, and that's mm. kind of the thing that counts. Um, the other thing I had an idea for would be, like, what if, because so much of Lookwell's identity is wrapped up in Bannigan, specifically Bannigan. Mm. What if he learns something about Bannigan? Yeah. It changed his identity. Like, what if he t- he was like having lunch with one of the creators of the show, and the lunch creator so said, "Yeah, it's a good thing we ended after season three because in season four we would have found out that Bannigan was a corrupt cop the entire time, and it was going to be this huge <laughs> twist, and that's why the studio canceled us because yeah. they didn't want to do it." And then he's like, "I was corrupt," and then he kind of becomes like the evil version of Bannigan. <laughs> like that actually could have been kind of cool because the yeah. other thing is Bannigan. Here's the real thing: Bannigan doesn't have a nemesis. Like mm. and 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 Lookwell doesn't have a nemesis. There's no one like equally deluded on the other side of it. There's no like mm. other actors oh, that, that, who that, are... that would have been death. Well, I'm just trying to think of ways to keep it connected to him. Well, the the only thing we can have the only emo like Lookwell has to stay on the same note. He has to stay mm-hmm. mad. He has to stay Quixote. Yeah. Uh, so the all the emotional beats have to come from sympathy from sympathetic characters. Now, luckily, he has a whole room of acting students who already feel sympathy for him. Yeah. So if he misses that big audition, you know, some something that an audience would have felt the sting for, we have the Todd Fields character, or we have the the put upon police chief. Uh, so all of the all of the pathos has to come from around Lookwell and not from within him. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess I'm just more interested in Lookwell. And I think again that's one of the problems of the show. Um, this again, this is kind of a short episode. This is kind of the length of our Puchinski episode, yeah. just because there's only one episode to talk about. Oh. Um, 
do you think that Look Well was canceled too soon? Um, no. No, I don't. Uh, while it would have been fun to think that we could live in a universe where there was not a Look Well series mm-hmm. that ran for 100 episodes, I think this is it. Mm-hmm. I, it's Now, it's funny. I actually like this Look Well, but I don't think that this would have benefited from more. I think the only reason we're talking about it today as the legend it is is because it got cut off so shortly. Yeah. And I think... Uh, by having more, it would have worn out its welcome. Yeah. And it it wouldn't have been this sort of kooky thing that we tried. It would have been an actual TV series. And it's more interesting as a kooky experiment, I think, than it is as something that could have possibly struck the pop culture heart. I agree. I think I'm actually going to say something I, I've been kind of keeping at a distance because I didn't want to like this to the whole conversation be about judgment. Mm. I barely laughed at this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just think I, the concept is funny. There's a couple of funny jokes in here. There really are. And and Adam West is giving a funny performance. The timing of it is so off because it. I don't know what they're getting at. Like it's mm. it's like I, it's like halfway between stages of drama uh-huh. and like. But the comedy doesn't zip. All the comic reveals are really quiet and ex- protracted. Mm. And I'm not sure if they well, were waiting for a laugh track to be inserted. And it just never was. I think I just it just feels so stayed and I think it's one of the reasons why especially before this kind of comedy broke out mm. people were like wow look well was insane look well was crazy you got to see look well because yeah there's nothing like it because it doesn't work <laughs> it's a funny idea and again mm. I think it make a great movie if you want to make a look well movie now <laughs> that would be great that'd be great I would yeah, love to see yeah. it you can make there's a 90 minutes of good material out of this mm. if you get the right supporting cast in 90 minutes of solid material and then we're done because this movie this this show yeah I, I, I wouldn't have continued it either mm. I would have cancelled it too no, I, it doesn't I, work. I can't. I can't realistically. Oh, that's the other you, thing. You I said would it, say though. You said it's it's yeah. really. St- before we move on, though, yeah, you said yeah. you said it's really stead, and that the timing is really kind of strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just kind of the way TV humor was being done in the early nineties. And you watch I a lot of 90s. you watch it a lot of early nineties shows like this, and the timing and the way people approach the jokes are different. Now, yes. Nowadays, there's a lot of. They make a joke and then they make a comment on the joke and then they make a comment on the comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's always sort of a, a, a rolling punchline, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you watch something like like I was watching The Critic recently and mm-hmm. I realized that I've been sort of spoiled by later days Simpsons and like even shows like Family Guy where they're so fast and so scattered that they'll make the joke and. They'll have to keep on making the joke for a little bit, Uh and they'll make sure that it's really, really funny. Whereas in The Critic, somebody would get hit in the head, and they just say, ow. And then there's this sort of this short (laughs) moment of sadness, and that's it. They didn't have to, like, sort of make a punchline out of it. That they got hit was the punchline. Yeah. Like, there was a a really funny bit where they were doing this fake news report. like, and here's Snapple's less successful competitor, Crapple. And they cut to a man on the street, and he takes a sip of it, and he spits it out. And, you know, and, like, Family Guy's like, oh, that tastes like, you know, funny line. In The Critic, he takes takes a sip, he goes, (laughs) spits it out, he just goes, ugh. And then they cut back to the, the newscaster. <laughs> but that's still a joke. There's still a structure There's, of a joke here. Lookwell uh, abandons the structure a lot of the time mm-hmm. in favor of just shots of like Lookwell staring. Like there's moments too where it's like it's there's actually like I like the way like it cuts to commercial mm. where like Lookwell is like leaving the police the the detective uh, the police department in a huff uh-huh. and it's like oh but you forgot one thing. I have a lot of spare time. Da, da, da. Like, yeah. But he doesn't even have the da, 
da da. Mm. It just it doesn't sell it the way like it's not really parodying or satirizing mm. the cop shows in the way that they're constructed. And I feel like if they had, if this had played more like a cop show, uh-huh. that just it's just like this is how it is inside Lookwell's head. He sees his real cop show. We are looking at this way more objectively. Hmm. And as a result, I'm constantly aware of how sad it is. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And so I don't think it's quite as funny as it should be. I, I think that's sort of the idea that Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel were maybe going for. They wanted yeah. to sort of stress the, the strange tragedy of this man's life, and they thought that was kind of funny in a pathetic sort of way, pathos. Well, it's an interesting idea. Mm. I, just, I can see why it didn't work, and I don't think it worked. And even though I think a lot of people have a lot of affection for it, I think it's an interesting curio. Mm. I don't think it's terribly good. Uh, oh, well, so, I... uh, But look no. well. Look well. Look Do you have well. anything uh, you want to add before we wrap this one up? Yes, Look Well continued in a strange way uh, with a show that we may be talking about on this show called Danger Theater. Um, Danger Theater was another sitcom. It was a two-part show. It was a two 15-minute segments and a half-hour show, uh, from also from the early 90s. The first part was The Searcher with Diedrich Bader, which was sort of a spoof of Renegade. Oh, yeah. Where I remember sort, that, yeah. yeah. I sort of rode around on a motorcycle, wore a leather jacket, but it had Zucker-level slapstick, like a plane would fall on him or like a mm-hmm. horse would kick him in the face and he'd just sort of bounce back and say, I'm still macho. And the second part was called Tropical Punch, which was a spoof of Hawaii Five-0 mm. with Adam West playing a completely clueless kind of insane cop with two partners in Hawaii. Oh, okay. So if if you like Look Well, uh, there's something, th- there's, some, kinda like there's it. something very similar to it in this show called Danger Theater, and also the Grinder, and also the Grinder. So yeah. it's it's living on in little ways. Yeah, um, and I'd love to talk about Danger Theater at some point. Okay, I love we'll that show. we'll get to it, but actually, uh, not next not next time because yeah. next time we're going to focus on a show that just got canceled, like, <laughs> like just recently, like just recently. It's it's uh, lasted for one season. This last season got mm. canceled, uh, and we're going to have Alonzo Duralde from uh, the Linoleum Knife Podcast. Podcast and LKTV podcast come on to help us talk about The Muppets, Thanks. an ambitious uh, uh, new sitcom <laughs> starring The Muppets. Uh, we all had high hopes for it, and it got canceled pretty damn quick. Yeah. So uh, it will be interesting to sort of look at that, sort of figure out how that fits into the Muppets pantheon yeah, and how, see how where they went to, wrong or even if they did. How it compares to Muppets Tonight. I barely remember Muppets Tonight. We'll, we'll talk about that one, too. Because sure that one didn't last either. No. Uh, the, the, maybe poor the Muppets. Oh, the Muppets. The Muppets are fine. The, Muppet, the, the Muppets are good. Yeah. They're, they're good. But they're we're going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, the most recent iteration of the Muppets mm. uh, on the next episode of Cancel Too Soon, which will be out in two weeks. We're a bi-weekly show, uh, which I was felt really guilty about initially, but it turns out bi-weekly podcasts aren't that rare. No. So I, I feel better. I You're, was like... I, we're we, not slacking off I here, thought we had right? to do this weekly if we were going to be a legitimate podcast, but I, I mean, I I would like to do more, but it's just a matter of time. It takes a lot. Like, Look Well was easy. Look Well was one episode. We're looking at, like, at least five and a half hours of Muppets I have to get through by next Friday when we record the episode. Well, but if you want to follow along, all of the episodes are available on Hulu right yes. now. So, and I don't I don't think they're on home, like, D- no, Blu-ray or DVD yet. yet. But you no. can watch them all on Hulu. So if you want to watch those and follow along, you may. Yes, and, please uh, do. And, yeah, tune in in two weeks' time. We'll be talking about The Muppets with Alonzo Duralde. Yeah, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. We're currently at B-Movies Podcast, uh, the name of our other podcast, From Whence We Hail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and you, I'm at William DeBiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. You can contact us about this show or the B-Movies Podcast at our email address, which is bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. That's one word, no underscores. Feel free to tweet <clears> us <throat> or send us an email with suggestions for One Season Wonders. Again, the rule is it can last one season or less than one full season but anything more than that doesn't count. So, for example, Firefly had one season 
and the movie, movie. Mm-hmm. it had a second shot. A- Alien Nation had one season and like five TV movies. Doesn't count. Doesn't quite count. How do their shots? And yeah. some, sometimes that shoots us in the foot. I'd love to talk about Firefly, but we have to draw the line somewhere, and that's our rule. Mm-hmm. So if you have any suggestions at all, we have a huge list. We have a huge backlog of suggestions, but we're always willing to hear yes, more. Yes, and if there's something that really strikes our fancy, we're totally going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we plan to do this for a very long time. This is our lives now. This is our lives. Yes. Uh, this on, is the life we chose. On our way out, on our way out, I want you to uh, give me your best reading of, you're going to do time, bibs. Hard time. You're going to do time, bibs. Hard time. You're going to do time, Whitney. Hard time. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Dun, 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 dun.